0: Who, Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is
1: This guy. Maybe, uh,
0: like the, yeah. light, like this. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Okay. North Av-
1: nor cow
0: guy. North guy.
1: North cow guy. North guy. North guy.
0: North cow guy. North cow and chill podcast show. It's chill time. North cow and chill podcast. What the The sh. North cow and
1: chill podcast show. It's chill time. NorCal and Podcast. What the shill?
0: Hey everyone, it's NorCal and Shill. This is our very first episode of the show, and we're very lucky to have Crypto Palm joining us today. Palm is the proud owner of Okasan, Her Pomeranian. You can find Palm on Twitter at Crypto Palm One. You can find her great work on Makers Place, Foundation, and OpenSea. She is Chilean Scottish. She has a plot in CryptoVoxels with the Squad Gallery, which happens to also have a doghouse for Okasan. She runs a great Discord community called NFT Hype Squad. She has a bachelor's in sequential art, which is also comic book design. She's an indie game designer. She worked art therapy and considered getting a master's in art therapy until COVID happened. She's a great leader and voice in this space. Everyone, please welcome Palm. Hey, Palm. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going today?
1: It's going good, Guy. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. So, you know, we just have this casual podcast. It's just a one-on-one interview. I'm Mm -hmm. so happy you could join me today.
1: I'm very glad to be here.
0: Well, I feel very fortunate. Thank you. Let's start off. Do you use a hardware wallet with your MetaMask account?
1: Okay. So I own a hardware wallet, but I'm actually a little bit scared of it because... It just seems like this black hole and once I deposit money in there like any crypto it's just going to disappear forever and I'll never see it again. I know I totally should, but I'm just at this point still kind of getting to grips with it.
0: Perfect. What kind of hardware wallets do you have?
1: It's a Ledger Nano X, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That's
1: like cool. it seems, seems totally Convenient and legit, but the technology on it reminds me of pagers from the 80s. It's just like, I don't know, so not user friendly to me. I'm expecting a touch screen or at least like a digital screen, but it just feels so old fashioned.
0: Right. I mean, the ledgers work fine. I think they're not as user friendly as like Trezor or like the Trezor Model T, I think, has a touch screen, which is pretty nice to use.
1: Oh, are they expensive?
0: Mm about a 150 i think
1: oh okay that's not bad at all
0: but yeah definitely worth an investment what you could do is just i mean i'm sure you already do this to some extent is just move money off your metamask
1: yeah i definitely do that mostly so i don't just impulse buy a bunch of nfts but also because it's safer to keep it i mean binance isn't the best place but i try to if I'm going to trade it to something else, I put it in Binance. And if not, I stick it in Trust Wallet, which is what I use on my phone.
0: Ah, uh, Okay, okay. So what were your first thoughts when you heard about NFTs?
1: My first thoughts were, honestly, what the fuck is an NFT? Sorry, you can bleep me out. If
0: uh, no, it's fine.
1: <laughs> okay, so I was already into crypto and already into art. So it's really weird that I wasn't one of the earlier people to hear about NFTs, but they just somehow completely passed me by. I was a member of this kind of crypto bros (laughs) discord where everybody Uh thought I was a dude. And I don't know, at some point I was just showing off my art because I was making something and somebody was like, you should totally sell that on Nifty Gateway. And I was like, what the hell is a Nifty Gateway? (laughs) And at that point, I'd actually been working, um, trying to make a living as an artist very unsuccessfully because I was doing paid commissions for about, God, like $60 a piece. Yeah, Yeah, that was just crazy town. And back then I was like, that's a lot of money. I can buy like a whole video game with that. Right. (laughs) But then I looked into Nifty Gateway and I saw that there was a bunch more. I saw uh, Maker's Place and Known Origin and all the rest. And then I found OpenSea, and I realized you didn't need to apply. You could just sign up and start minting. And so that's kind of how I got my foothold (laughs) in NFTs.
0: Nice. Wait, did you hear about CryptoKitties, like in 17, 18?
1: Yes, I did hear about them, but for some reason, I didn't make the connection that I could make things. They seemed like a whole product of their own with like a big team behind it and all this genetic stuff. So yeah, it felt more like a video game than just selling one-of-one one art, you know?
0: Right. I'm with you on that one. When, when they came out, I was just, this is like some game. I don't, why would I do this?
1: Yeah, it's, well, I was kind of interested, but more like this is going to be a waste of my money <laughs> <'Cause> I didn't <laughs> think I'd be able to manage the crazy breeding combinations and all the genetic stuff that people use to make The crazy expensive kitties. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like, I like stuff like Pokemon and I like collecting shit. So I was intrigued, but I realized, you know what? This is not a good source for my funds at the moment.
0: Right. Right. Definitely not. So why did you choose art?
1: Because that's what I trained in. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, art came to me long before the NFT scene did. Art has been my thing since I was a teenager. So that's actually what I studied. I studied graphic novels. And the reason I chose graphic novels was because I really love creating narratives. I love telling stories, but at the same time, I love the visual element, right? So with graphic novels, you're able to combine both. You can make these really gorgeous, flashy, colorful things while also telling a progressing story. Without needing a huge team behind it, like you would for a video game or an animation too. It can just be like a one person thing. So that's what attracted me to graphic novels specifically.
0: Okay. What jobs have you done other than art?
1: So my main sort of career path has been art therapy. I've worked with kids who have various mental and physical disabilities. That was in Chile. And then here in Scotland, I worked with Alzheimer's patients. And art therapy would basically involve trying to come up with different projects and activities that would be within their capabilities, right? Okay. Which would need to be, yeah, it would need to be very personal to each patient because somebody with cerebral palsy wouldn't have the hand-eye coordination to do any drawing. So right. they would have to do something more like, yeah, papier-mâché or collage or something like that. So it's always like very much about the personal relationship you develop with each patient. And yeah, I mean, okay, you asked me what jobs I've done up my life story. So, okay, here's a fun one. I used to read tarot cards on the internet.
0: Uh, what do you mean by like you did it for yourself or you like had a hotline or what? No,
1: I was <laughs> I was paid to do it. I would do it just through chat, like no voice chat, and this was this internet service that used to be around called kasamba.com. And yeah, no. Randomly throughout the day, you would have the client set up in the background and you would get pinged. You would get like little calls and then it would bring you into a text chat and they would ask you, am I going to get divorced from my husband or whatever? And then just lay out my cards, give them a reading and be paid like per minute. It was crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was really not bad. <laughs> and it was something like a dollar fifty per minute too, so... Oh, shoot. Yeah, it was crazy town money. And eventually I stopped. I was actually really good at it, weirdly enough, because I'll be quite honest with you. I love tarot cards, but I was good at it because I'm a good bullshitter. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm good at being able to read people and get an idea of what they want to hear. And I know that makes me sound like a sociopath, but that's actually just kind of how I think all of these psychics managed to pull things
0: off. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty funny. I love it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'll give you a tarot card reading one day. I still have my cards.
0: No, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you were an animal, what would you be and why?
1: I mean, I think that goes without saying, right? (laughs) Right, right. Definitely a Pomeranian. Got it. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, that's not just um, a joke answer. I actually really identify with this kind of small, energetic, but really kind of feisty... And yet also weirdly sensitive little kind of dogs that they are. They have all kinds of things that I relate to, like anxiety issues. Okasan has tons of anxiety issues. And I'm like, you're just like your mom, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But they're also really brave. They're also really playful and really smart. And I mean, not to call myself smart, but I do have a pretty decent head on my shoulders, I think.
0: Hey, I mean, you're funny when I think if you're funny, you got to be smart. I
1: am pretty pretty hilarious. I can't even argue with you. (laughs) At least I make myself laugh. I feel like I'm the one who's constantly laughing throughout these things. Whenever I do a podcast and I play them back, I'm like, God, I'm cackling like some kind of evil witch over there. (laughs) And usually at my own jokes, too. The worst.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's all right. I'm not going to complain about that. So I know you love pizza.
1: Oh, he actually just had pizza.
0: Oh yeah? Celebration pizza?
1: No, home cooked. Roger made pizza. He made the sauce. He didn't make the dough. We bought store made dough, but he made the sauce from scratch and he even made it into a stuffed crust pizza with uh, pepperoni and mozzarella and chicken. Oh wow. Really good.
0: Nice. That does sound tasty. So would yeah. you put do you have pineapple on your pizza or you are no pineapple person?
1: This would actually start a war in my Discord. But yeah, I'm pro pineapple actually. I like pineapple combined with pepperoni specifically. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I just made all of Italy hate me
0: with that. (laughs) Well, I will say if there's multiple options, I'm probably gonna go no pineapple. But no
1: pineapple.
0: I don't mind it. It's not like terrible. But now you
1: gotta tell me you gotta tell me your toppings of choice.
0: Ooh. There's this local shop that makes a great pizza that's – it's a barbecue chicken, but it's like chicken with red onions, some barbecue mm-hmm. sauce, jalapenos, and then you they have – I'm
1: glad you like barbecue sauce on pizza because my fiancé hates it. And it's so good. It, it is. It just adds kind of great sweetness to the whole thing that just really brings things together.
0: It is. It is. It's so good. And then you just top yeah. it off with this. They have like this cilantro coleslaw that they put on top.
1: Oh, um, it's pretty coleslaw. good. Coleslaw, like right on the pizza?
0: Yeah, but it's like cilantro coleslaw. Interesting. Yeah. So it's coleslaw, cilantro in there. So it has like, I mean, if you like cilantro, it just has that nice taste to I'll it. I'll give
1: you a fun fact about cilantro. Here in the UK, we call it coriander.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> coriander, yeah. But I love cilantro slash coriander. It's really good, especially in Vietnamese food. Ugh.
0: Oh, right. Yes. So if you could chill someone else's work who would be?
1: oh you know i'm gonna say my mom right
0: yeah of course
1: i can't help it i'm always chilling her. like any chance if i see loopify or 888 or any of the big collectors asking for somebody's art i'm always like right in there with my mom's stuff but my mom is brute force w on twitter and i would absolutely chill her to the moon and back (laughs)
0: That's awesome. She does some cool animations. I've viewed them. Yeah,
1: she really does. She did her first drop on Foundation a little while ago, and that went well. That sold. And now she has another one up with a 0.5 ETH reserve price. So if any collectors are listening to this and want to buy some hand-drawn traditional animation starring a really cute turtle, you should go check it out. (laughs)
0: Definitely will do that. So what's the best piece of advice you've been given?
1: That's a really interesting question. I honestly don't know because most of the things I've learned throughout life usually come from me making really dumb mistakes and then fixing them. I don't know if it's so much that I've been given advice and more that it's just been trial and error.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're willing to learn along the way.
1: Yeah, like, you know, screw something up and then, you know, for the next time, how to fix it. So do you mean just like in general or in the NFT world specifically?
0: You know what? Let's just keep it to the NFT space.
1: Okay. Long silence, awkward pause. (laughs) I think honestly, yeah, no, honestly, the best advice I've had is to just be as genuine as possible. I think this comes from Nifty Whale is one of the ones who's always saying it. But yeah, collectors, I think, really like to buy into artists and buy into the artist's story more than just the art itself it's like you can't have one without the other you know so i started learning to well i mean i've always been kind of an open book but i started realizing that people like real human beings they don't like these kind of corporate robot sounding artists who are just like constantly and yeah in promotional mode they like people who you know talk about their life talk about their family their dogs whatever and and that's always kind of been me to be fair but i started just kind of leaning into that even more after hearing this from nifty whale since he's i don't want to call him an influencer a collector that i really respect right right yeah
0: that's good advice (laughs) yeah if you could buy any art piece nft
1: or not what would you buy oh nft or not Oh, that's a good question. Well, I'll have to think about the non-NFTs, but for NFTs, for sure, Mr. Misang. I love his animations. I love the use of colors he does, Uh, just everything about him. He has some really well-defined work, really just tons of work put into it, tons of effort. And I think they're worth every bit of ETH. And they're selling for so much now that I don't think I'll be able to afford one anytime soon. But, you know, that's always a dream. Yeah. As for non-NFT art, I would actually love to own a Mondrian, like one of the classic traditional Mondrian primary color works. Those are really beautiful. I just love to have one and stick it on my bedroom wall. Nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I know who I'm saying is. I want to say it's, he's definitely got a certain style. It's yeah. it is enjoyable.
1: I'll send you the link after we finish up here so you can check him out in more detail.
0: Perfect. Thank you. So if you could live or move anywhere, where would you live and why?
1: Okay, here's the thing with me. I've already kind of lived everywhere, and it wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Like, growing up, moving from country to country to country, I lived, like, uh, for reference, I lived in New Zealand, England, Spain, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Chile, and all of this before I'd even finished high school. Yeah, so it just created a lot of instability for me. So... Honestly, for now, living in Scotland and finally being settled is just like the best feeling. So I don't think I'd want to get up and move anywhere anytime soon. But I mean, if I ever did, I'd love to check out Japan. I'd love to see Tokyo.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could also argue as long as yeah, you're the loved ones around you, you can kind of be happy wherever you are.
1: Yeah, that's kind of something I had to start getting used to moving around so much. I became just like super attached to my family. And they were sort of what made a home for me, you know?
0: Right, right. That's very true. Yeah. So if you'd like to be compared to three artists, who would you like to be compared to?
1: Oh, I don't know if I want to be compared to artists,
0: actually. I
1: know that that goes against the question, but I like being considered sort of my own thing, my own original thing that isn't really uh, similar to anything else. But I think, okay. Artists I wouldn't mind being compared to, I guess, would be um Ferocious, I love. Mr. Missang again. And, oh, I love Stella Bell's political artwork as well. Yeah, those three, I think, would be the three I wouldn't mind being compared to.
0: All right, all right, that works. Yeah? Yeah, I'm down with all those. Cool, cool. All right, last question.
1: <gasps> oh, no.
0: If I gave you $50,000 to start your own business... What business would you start?
1: Oh, my God. Let me think. Okay, since I'm pretty much all in on this NFT thing, I think it would definitely be, you know what I'd love and what the NFT scene needs is some kind of management team for artists so that artists aren't having to do their own promotional work. I think I would try and recruit like a team of agents, sort of like NFT agents, But done in like a non-cheesy, non-exploitative kind of way. And just start helping artists to sell without them needing to do all the work, you know? Yeah. I think a company like that would actually probably make a lot of money too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting thought. Yeah. Because I I know artists, or I've heard some talk about wanting platforms to promote you, but I I just... Don't know because there's so many artists, and how do you like quantify what's reasonable, what's not reasonable?
1: Yeah, I know. It's a hard question. I think I've spoken to a couple of the staff at OpenSea about this, but I think a good way to do it would be to have a couple of, I guess, talent scouts, but like with their feet firmly in the community itself. So, ones who see who is engaging, who is working, who is producing. And focus on them, focus on the people who really are working for it. And it could be a rotating feature, you know, a list of different, like, you know, 15 artists every week. And that way it's kind of fair. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Sorry, I put a lot of thought into this.
0: No, no, it's fine. I mean, it's it's a hard situation. It's a hard question.
1: It is a hard question.
0: I don't know the answer myself. I mean, it's hard because artists, they're not in this coming into this space from like a a background of promotion or business?
1: Yeah, I certainly wasn't either. The only experience I have with that was kickstarting my own video game, which required quite a lot of (laughs) flexing the promotional social media muscle. But it didn't come naturally to me, honestly. And it still doesn't. I don't think it does for most of us. To have to constantly be like, look at my art, here's my art, buy my art. It feels like uncomfortable. You feel vulnerable, you feel self-centered, you feel kind of gross. Right, right. But it's necessary. Sadly, at this point, it is necessary. And I hope that will change, you know?
0: Right. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it takes so much time. Like you want to just potentially just be drawing.
1: You want to be making art and hanging out with people. I mean, I love getting to know people on Twitter and whatnot. I love the networking part, but not the sort of blatant, here's my piece, come on, collectors, hello, sort of thing that you have to do. At the moment.
0: Right. Like, hey, something new, like, hey, come take a look.
1: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I don't know, sometimes you really have to kind of beg people like, oh, can you please re- retweet my stuff? That would be great. And it just feels, yeah, it feels kind of slimy. It's not the sort of vibe I am a big fan of. And right. everybody has to do it right now. That's the only way to really get sold is through Twitter visibility because it's not happening with the platforms. It's not happening, I don't know, in any other kind of way other than usually just Twitter.
0: Right. I mean, and it's hard. I know I don't even scroll my Twitter feed really much anymore. So I miss so much. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. I
1: was going to start I'm going to start tagging you and everything. I mean, I do. (laughs) I'm just going to start tagging you in other people's threads to just like to piss you off. Mostly just to piss you off.
0: You just want to start like a meme war or something.
1: I mean, I always do. I always want to just like be gift battling. (laughs) 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 That's like, yeah, that's just like my ideal state of being is just like in the middle of a gift war.
0: Perfect. But no, I honestly, if there's an artist that I like, I don't mind them like, hey, I just posted a new piece. You might want to go check it out. I may not buy it, but I appreciate that. Like, hey, because I miss a lot of new yeah. work.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, some collectors like you are definitely more flexible. I know others get really annoyed with that though. So it's hard to know unless you form a connection with one of your collectors, you know, to the point where you can chat like friends, it's hard to know where the line is.
0: Right, right. You need like a little notebook, like this collector does not like this at all
1: (laughs) this collector hates gift wars this collector likes being you know oh and then there's that one collector um, what's his name something or other who hates people saying that he bid on their work like there's all kinds of weird unwritten sort of laws that you're always having to figure out right yeah and it varies but you know by collector so
0: i know it's interesting i mean for me i had some like when I bid on something they're like, Oh, can I post about that? I'm like, yeah, you need to go promote yourself. You definitely go post about a new bid or something. So,
1: yeah,
0: but yeah, I guess some people don't like it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's an auction usually. So that's part of an auction.
1: Yeah. That's how it goes. Of course the person who is trying to make money selling their work is going to want to, point out that there's been a new bid and that somebody else might want to bid i mean that's just basic marketing right yeah
0: well palm i've really enjoyed this discussion i really appreciate you coming on and helping me out and yeah
1: of course
0: having a blast
1: it was so much fun we totally need to do this again
0: <laughs> oh yeah we definitely will do it again for sure awesome now i got the yeah, jitter, just, jitters I like out
1: that kind of- I'll be like the weekly guest host that just keeps popping up. <laughs>
0: I'll make like a, uh, what do you call it? A sound pad for you. Like, yeah. so it just right. says, Hey, I'm Palm."
1: Hey, I'm Palm, And then also just has me laughing for no reason.
0: Yeah. And I'll just put that like someone says something and I'll just push the laugh button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to hear who else you're going to bring on.
0: But yeah, I'm looking Next forward time. to it. Uh, we're just starting out, and everyone, thank you for listening. All right, take care. Bye. Who is this, Who Who is is this guy? guy? Who is this guy? Who is This guy. Who is this guy? Who Nor- is this guy? North cow guy. North cow. North cow guy. North Nor- cow guy. North Nor- cow guy. North Nor- cow guy. North
1: cow guy. North
0: Nor- Nor- cow, 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 cow and chill podcast. Show it's chill time. Your, your cow, cow and, and shill podcast what the what the shill your cow and shill podcast show it's show time NorCal and shill podcast what the, the, the shill